Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise God. That song says, just like, just like the day of Pentecost. Well, what was the day of Pentecost like? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, let's, let's read up a little bit and find out what it was like. Amen. Go with me to the 24th chapter of Luke. Luke 24. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Luke 24. Hallelujah. Praise God. This was after Jesus had been raised from the dead. In verse 45, it says, he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it was written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry, in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued, that word means clothed upon, until you are clothed upon with power from on high. Glory to God. This, is, this was the promise of the Father. He said, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, so wait for it in Jerusalem, praise God, because in not many days, he said, it's gonna happen, glory to God, and you will be clothed upon with power from on high. Notice it's not earthly power. Our power doesn't come from this world. It doesn't come from the circumstances in this world. Our power doesn't come from who's in office and who's not in office, who's on the Supreme Court and who's not on the Supreme Court. Our power doesn't come from Democrats or from Republicans. Our power doesn't come from the left or the right. Our power comes from on high, praise God. Glory to God. He said, you shall be clothed upon with power from on high. That's the clothing of the church is power. God clothed the church in power, hallelujah. Amen. That's the only thing we need to be dressed up in is power, praise God. Hallelujah. God, I tell you, power looks good on you. Power looks good on me. Power looks good on the church. Weakness has never looked good on the church. Compromise has never looked good on the church. Worldliness doesn't look good on the church. It might look okay on the world, but it doesn't look good on us. Power looks good on the church, amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said you're gonna be clothed upon with power from on high. Woo, hallelujah. Go over with me to the book of Acts now. Hallelujah, let's see how this played out, this power. Hallelujah. Praise God. Luke, you know, wrote the book of Luke, obviously, but he also wrote the book of Acts. And so the same writer is writing again. He's only writing to a different audience this time. And he's retelling the same story we just read about. And in Acts chapter one, verse four, it says, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father which he said, you have heard from me. Notice we just read about the promise of the Father and wait and tarry in Jerusalem. He said he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Woo, hallelujah. So therefore, they, when they had come together, they asked him saying, I guess they got impatient waiting. And so they said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. You shall be clothed upon with power. Glory to God. Listen, the church needs to be looking for what God's doing, not looking at what the devil's doing. Amen. Amen. 
Not looking at what's, what, what the devil is threatening to do, but what is God doing? What has he done? What has he provided? What has been given to us? What kind of clothes he's provided for us? He's clothed us with power, he said. Amen. He said, you shall receive power. Everybody say power. power. Is there any relevance with, uh, in the word power and the church? Yeah. Does power belong to the church? Is the church supposed to be weak or is it supposed to be powerful? He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Oh, hallelujah. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and so they were there waiting, amen, 10 days passed, praise God. And in chapter two, verse one, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. What were they doing? Well, chapter one, verse 14 says they continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, amen. They were praying. Is prayer important? Amen. Does God move in response to prayer? Amen. They were, they were in one accord in prayer and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. They weren't all in different places. Half of them weren't at home. Amen. Watching live stream. Amen. They were all in one accord in how many places? One place. When the church, the whole church is assembled together in one place, amen, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you. We sing just like the day of Pentecost. It's, I tell you what, when God poured his Spirit out on the day of Pentecost, when Jesus sent the promise of the Father, it was God's plan fulfilled. He has never had another plan. He's never had a plan B. He's never changed. The plan for the church today is just what it was then, praise God. His power has been poured out. His spirit has been poured out and we are to live in that power. Live every day energized with that power, aware of that power, amen? Giving, giving, uh, yielding ourselves to that power. Amen. Letting God demonstrate himself. Amen. We're in that day. See, the day of Pentecost was a, was a Jewish day, but the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is a church day. The two coincided. It's no longer the day of Pentecost. It is still the day of the outpouring. It is still the day of the church. It is still, it, it is today we are in God's mind and in God's plan and in God's provision. We are exactly like we were then. Nothing in his plan for the church has changed. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So if we're not exhibiting what they exhibited, then we need to change. Amen. It's like the old story I heard, you know, the man and woman driving down the street and, and uh, they're sitting, you know, back when they had bench seats, you know, before we got bucket seats and, and she was sitting on one side of the, of the car and he was sitting on the other side. She said, honey, she said, I, I, I just remember those days when we used to ride together and and uh, we've just all snuggled up. You had your arm around me and, and look what's happened to us. And, you know, I'm over here and you're over there. And he said, well, I haven't moved. <laughs> God hasn't moved. Amen. He's still in the driver's seat, praise God. Amen. He's still the one steering things. He's the one that sets the course. 
We need to snuggle up with him again. Amen? Amen. We need, to, we need to conform ourselves to the plan and the will of God, the purpose of God again. Amen. If there's anything not going like it used to go, then we need to change. Amen. Hallelujah. Give heed to the power. Amen. Woo. <laughs> I tell you what, in the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, it made a difference. I mean, it made a difference. Everybody knew something was different. The church knew something had happened. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Hallelujah. Amen. We're supposed to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gives utterance every day of our life. That was weak. Every day of our life. That's the plan of, the, uh, of God for the church. Amen. They were speaking with other tongues and it got, it got the attention of, of the people around. They heard what was going on. They evidently were acting drunk because they said these people are full of new wine. Well, you know, just speaking in different languages wouldn't make people think you're drunk. Amen. I've been in a lot of places where I've heard all kinds of languages being spoken. I never thought these people must be drunk. No, they, they, uh, there was some carrying on. Demonstrations of the Spirit. Amen. We talked about some of those a few Sunday nights ago. Amen, do you remember that? We talked about demonstrations of the Spirit and of power. We, talk about, we talked about the fact that According to the Bible, not according to man's ideas, but according to the Bible, there are certain demonstrations of the Spirit <clears throat> that, uh, that uh, have been identified at different times. People falling out under the power of God, that's a demonstration of God's power. People running, inspired by the Holy Spirit, quickened, energized, uh, moved upon by the Holy Spirit, running, that, we see that in the Bible. We see dancing by, by inspiration of the Spirit. We see it in the Bible. Amen. Inspired laughing. We saw that, that God makes people laugh. Amen. Drunkenness, we've already talked about some other things, but these are demonstrations of the Spirit and of power. <clears throat> We're living in the day of power. Amen. Glory to God. Turn with me, if you would, over to 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter 2, hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Somebody, if you stop reading right there, you'd think, well, he sure, wasn't, he sure didn't know anything about power. That doesn't sound very powerful to me. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. <clears throat> but this wasn't natural fear. This wasn't physical weakness. This wasn't human weakness. He was trembling at the power of God because you read the next verse. He said, in my speech and my preaching, he said, I was with you in weakness, fear, in fear and in much trembling, and my weak and fearful and trembling speech and preaching were not with persuades of human wisdom, but my weak and fearful and trembling speech was in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So you know he's not talking about ordinary human weakness. He's talking about being weak in himself so that the power of God would fill that void. Amen. People today need to get, need to uh, empty themselves of their self-sufficiency and trust God. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I was reading, uh, or, or I actually spoke to Christopher Allen. He called me. What night was that, honey? Thursday night. He called me from, uh, from India. And uh, how many of you followed his post on Facebook recently? How many have? One or two? He, uh, 
Christopher just finished a, a, a convention. He went to India. He had been invited by a Baptist convention, a Baptist organization, a convention of pastors, he, way up somewhere in a remote mountainous area of India. And he had been invited by the Baptist to come preach, and they wanted to know about the Holy Ghost. So he went and he preached uh, for two, two nights, I think, and, uh, and he held a pastor's conference during the day, I think. But uh, anyway, there were two meetings. One was in, in this uh, remote place and another was in another town. But he preached to these Baptists and he preached on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And he said these Baptist pastors came from all over. I mean, from just far and wide. He said there were thousands of people there. He said about 2,500. Now, when, when Brother Christopher estimates crowds, he always does it conservatively. Pastor Greg was, was with him. He and I were in uh, Africa with him and we've talked to him many times. And uh, he says, you know, well, I could, it's, it's a real common uh, thing for evangelists and missionaries overseas to exaggerate their crowds. Not, not necessarily dishonestly, but just take the, 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 the biggest possible, you know, number you could, you could imagine and, and report that number. Christopher has consistently always drawn, you know, drawn back from that and just said, I can, to me, I'm sure there was this much and it's always less than it is. But he said there was at least 2,500 Baptist pastors that got filled with the Holy Ghost. And they had their hands raised and they're just speaking with other tongues and they're just excited about the Holy Ghost. And then he left there and he said there were all kinds of miracles and healings took place, just from phenomenal things. He left there and then he did, he went to another city in India and he preached in an outdoor amphitheater. And this is what he was telling me about on the phone. He said, he, he preached that, those uh, two nights, I think, there. And he said this was an outdoor amphitheater and it was, it was uh, you know, concrete stadium seating in this amphitheater. It went way up, you know. He said the platform was just huge. He said the platform would hold about 3,000 people on the platform. He said it was just this gigantic platform. Then he said, and it was loaded with people. And he said, then they had him on a platform above that platform. He said, you could put a couple thousand people on that platform. He said, it was just enormous. And so you couldn't see everything that was going on down around it. He said, but there was this, what he called the pit area. In other words, where the amphitheater slopes down. He said, there was a couple thousand people in there. And he said, and because of the lighting, he said, that's all I could see. And he said, there was probably easily 10,000 people in the place. And he preached on the Holy Spirit. And he said, Muslims and Hindus. Now, Muslims and Hindus don't like each other. And these particular, a lot of sects of Hindus don't like anybody. And these Hindus and these Muslims came from, they flew in, they drove, they came from distances seeking Jesus. They wanted to know about Jesus. So he preached on, on uh, uh, I forget what he said his, his message was on, but he preached from Zechariah 10.1, I think, or 13.1. And uh, he said thousands and thousands of Muslims and Hindus came to Christ. They were so hungry. They wanted to know about Jesus. They found Christ. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, I saw, he said, we had miracles like I've never seen before. This is 32 uh, deaf people were completely healed. Numerous blind people, people with cancer, people there with stage four cancer were, was, were instantly healed. This one woman had stage four colon cancer and when, and when hands were laid upon her, I don't know if hands were laid upon her or not, but she, was, she received her healing. And when she did, she said all the symptoms left her body, all the weakness left her body. She felt perfectly normal. She was completely restored. Other people were healed of cancer. He said there were just healings of more than you could imagine just all over the place. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, you know, sometimes we hear about things like that and we think, well, why doesn't that happen here? You know, what, why does that happen overseas? Why, 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 we can have that here. The difference is people there are hungry. These people came from, from far distances because they were hungry. Why were they hungry? Because their lives were desperate. When people become desperate, when people get to the end of themselves, they find out that there is nothing in life that can meet their needs. They're waiting for God to do something. They want to know the truth. 
But to be honest with you, here in America, we are so coddled, we are so comfortable, we have so much of everything that we don't really need God much. I said, we really don't need God very much. He just to show up and give us a little jolt in church time. But our lives are filled with ourselves, our own sufficiency, what we can do and what we have and what our plans are. And when we have that, God cannot move the way he wants to move because he, Paul said that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The American church is full of itself and its own wisdom and its own knowledge and the things of this world and the things of this life. Paul said, I came empty. I came empty. I emptied myself of all anything I could lean on for support. Anything I could look to to give me, uh, to give me uh, 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 purpose or to give me assurance or to give me confidence. He said, all of that. He said, I counted everything loss for the excellence of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he was talking about when he said, I came in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. He said, I laid everything aside. I didn't trust anything else. My only trust was in the power of God. He said, it made me tremble. It made me tremble. It made me weak, praise God, in, in myself, knowing that, that if God didn't show up, see, that's, that's what's wrong with people a lot of times. If God doesn't show up, oh, well, you know, we always got plan B, C, D, E, F, and G. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, my speech and my teaching or my preaching was not with enticing words or persuasive words of human ability, human wisdom, human resources, human thinking, human goods, human what we can do. But my speech and my preaching were in demonstration of the spirit, demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power. He said that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God today, you wanna to know what God's doing in the American church today? God is endeavoring to get us back to a place of faith in his power alone. Where we don't have time, we don't have concern, we're not interested in the things of this world or the resources of this world, but we are interested in one thing and that is the power of God. He said the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why does God want to demonstrate himself? Is God an egotist? Is he a big show off? Is he a big, is he a big narcissist? Is, he, you know, is that why? Just so people can, so that he'll be elevated? No. God wants to demonstrate his power because he wants to bless people. It is his power that brings blessing. God's power brings blessing to men. Now we know this, that God can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Remember who said that? Huh? John Wesley said that. And, and he said, it seems as though. John, does anybody know who John Wesley is? If you, if you know who he is, put your hand up, or who he was. Most people know who he was. He was the founder of the, of, of the Methodist church and movement. He said, it seems as though God is limited by my, our prayer life that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. And, uh, and, but it's a true statement. Well, why is that true? Well, we know it's true because when God created mankind, he placed mankind in a, in a position of favor and power in the earth. He gave Adam and Eve everything. He said, exercise dominion over the entire earth. Adam and Eve were to serve under God, the true God, as the lords of this, of this planet. They had everything God had. His authority had been delegated to them 100% in the earth. 
But we know that when they sinned and turned their back on God and transgressed, they gave up that authority and Satan took that authority and God has been largely locked out of the affairs of mankind since that day. I said God has largely been locked out, shut out. So, well, you know, God can do anything. Well, he could, he could do anything because he is God. He could change that, but he would have to violate his word to do it. And he, he's able, but he won't do that. He, he won't lie. He won't go back on his word. If he says something, that's the way it is. He doesn't change. And so God gave this world and this planet to mankind and mankind gave uh, the deed, so to speak, over to the devil. Well, God's been locked out. And so for God to move in the earth, for him to bless people, it takes a demonstration of his power. Now, now remember what Wesley said, that God can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. But, but remember what the Bible says, if when we ask, we must ask in faith. So it's not a lot of people have been asking, but not asking in faith. See, we have to add that in there. For, for if a man does not ask in faith, uh, James said, he's like a wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. Don't even think you're gonna get anything. If you don't ask in faith, God can't respond. So when people ask in faith, that gives God the ability to move on their behalf. Go with me over to Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. We know the prayer that Paul prayed for the church. We've, we've been over that, so I just trust you, you know the context here. But one of the things he wanted us to have revelation knowledge of is in verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power. God wants to ha- us to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation concerning the exceeding greatness of his power. Notice, toward us. God's power is toward us. People, why? Because that, that's how he blesses people. God, God wants to demonstrate his power because he wants to bless people. That's the only reason, not to elevate him. He's already elevated, he's God. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a complex. He's not threatened by anything. He has the, uh, an, un, un, an innumerable uh, host of heavenly creatures saying, holy, 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 you're God. <laughs> All the time, day and night, around the throne. He's not, he's not, he's not, he doesn't have, he's not suffering from an inferiority complex. Amen. He doesn't have a hang up. Amen. No, he wants to bless people. He, he, God created mankind to be the object of his affection, to be the object of his love. To, to lavish his goodness, his mercy upon. Just to, just to show man, mankind how good he can be. And, and in Ephesians, a little later, it says that in the ages to come, that's what he's gonna do. If in, the, for the, in the ages to come, that he might show his goodness and his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. What a plan. God has a plan and he started it when he created Adam and Eve but his plan was for throughout the endless ages to just lavish his love on, on humanity. Ain't it good to be a human? Ain't it good to be, yeah, yeah. We, we, are, we are the apple of his eye. Now listen, I'm not talking about just us. I'm talking about that, that slime ball down the street that you know. God loves him. God loves him. I mean, he, he loves him. He, he wants to pour his goodness in that person's life. 
You know, you might, have a, you might have a wayward child. Your parents, you know, you might have a child that's gone bad. You still love that child. You, you want that child to straighten out. You do anything to get that child back on track. Isn't that right? You may have to be tough with him or her. And, and sometimes, you know, there is tough love, but it's still love. And the object is to bestow goodness and mercy. Well, God's like that towards everybody. Well, how does, how does he do that? By dim, in this, see, in, in Adam's day before the fall, Adam and Eve were just conscious of his presence. They were, they were more conscious of his presence and his fellowship than they were the natural world around them. They were just caught up in that. They were, they were created in his glory. And so it was easy, it was, it was natural to just experience the, the goodness of God. But because of the fall of man, mankind lives in a, in a condition today that God didn't, uh, didn't create. He didn't authorize this. And so for God to show his mercy, he has to move in power Amen. to change things because the whole course of nature is set on, by, set on the, you know, the fire of hell, James said. Whole, the whole of nature's messed up. So for God to get in, he has to come in in power. Well, see, it looks like power to us. It's just him. <laughs> it's just him. It's just him being him. See, but to us, it's powerful. To God, it's just his personality, just his nature. Hallelujah. He, and, and so this, this text we were reading here, said that we need to have a revelation of the exceeding greatness of his power toward us, notice, who believe. It's toward those who believe. God cannot demonstrate his power when people don't believe. Belief in his power is what enables his power to flow. Where people don't believe in his power, no power. We've, Pastor Greg and I have been in Africa and we've witnessed the fact these people believe in the power of God. And again, it goes back, they have nothing else to believe in. They can't believe in their government. They can't believe in their family. They can't believe in the economy. They can't believe in natural things. The witch doctors have let them down and brought them into bondage. They know that's not right. They, they're hungry for God. And so, when there, and so when the announcement comes out that there's a, a, a gospel preacher coming to town, everything comes to a halt. Christopher told me that he left the, uh, the uh, meeting the other day. And, and let me tell you some other things about that. He said there were some heads of states. He, he named it like uh, ministers of this or that. Heads of state were there in, in, this, in this meeting in this second town, this amphitheater filled with the Holy Ghost, dancing before the Lord. Heads of state, just dancing acting totally undignified, whirling about. Amen. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, numerous, like I said, all these Muslims and thousands and thousands of Muslims coming to Christ. Hindus, they hate each other. Just worshiping God side by side. And um, uh, I forgot what I was gonna say now about that, but anyway, it was good. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he was leaving one, one morning and they were driving through town after one of the, the, the morning sessions or something. And he said, all the, you know, all the shops were closed. He asked his driver, he said, what's going on? Is there a holiday today? You know, he said, no. He says, because you're meeting. All the shops were closed. The whole city was shut down. Everybody closed the door and came to the meeting. Just like the days of Pentecost. Just like the day of Pentecost. It's the same day. What's the difference? Faith in the power of God. Amen. Amen. Faith in the power of God means you're hungry for the power of God. If you're not hungry, it means your faith level's low. Yeah. I'm gonna say that again. If you're not hungry for the power of God, it could not be that you're full of faith in the power of God. It could not be. 
You could not have faith in the power of God, really believe in it, because faith is trusting in something. Faith is believing, was it? The Amplified Bible says trusting. What does it say? Come on, Leslie, I know you're an Amplified lady. What is she Relying on, trusting, relying on, anything else? Is that it? Okay. Huh? That's the gist of it? She thinks Jesus spoke Amplified. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Faith is trusting in and relying on. Well, now that, that, that paints a little different picture. Some people say, oh, I believe in the power of God. What they mean is they, they think it's, you know, legitimate. <laughs> That's all that means. I think it's legitimate. That's not faith. Faith trusts in and relies upon something. Faith in the power is trusting and relying on, a.k.a. hunger. Isn't that right? Amen. That's what's wrong with the church in America. We're just satisfied with too many things. Well, amen. It's the truth, not good news, but it's true. true. But it can change. I said it can change. And it must change. It must change. Amen. Churches like ours who have mental assent in the power of God. So churches like ours who, have, who has, ha, has mental assent in the power of God, in the power of God can, can change to having faith in the power of God, trusting in and relying upon the power of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, glory. What that, what, how does that, what does that look like? What does it look like for a church to have faith in the power of God? What does it look like for a church to trust in and rely on the power of God? Forsaking all others. (laughs) Not, not being satisfied with anything other than the power of God. And only when, only when the craving for God's power is met do you have time for other things. What does that look like in a church? Well, it looks like when, when uh, uh, you call for a healing line, everybody has anything wrong with them comes to the front. Instead of you call out something that is identical to your situation. Well, I don't know if he's talking about me or not. Well, I don't know. Better not go down there. I might not get anything. Well, glory. <laughs> Am I, have I meddled enough this morning? I don't know. Should I say yes or no? <laughs> Thank you, sister. <laughs> I've, got, I've got permission to go forward, I guess. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith in the power of of God, trusting and relying, gotta have it, gotta have it, that can't do without it, must have it to survive, and when the power is is in demonstration, flowing with it, going with it, agreeing with it, say I'm not satisfied for other people to be experiencing the power of God, I have to have it in my life, I have to have it in my life today, that's faith in the power of God. Amen. We just happy, you know, watching other people uh, be blessed, hearing everybody else's testimonies of what God's done in their life. Ooh, that's sweet. Brother Jones got healed. No, I, I, I want, I want to be able to give testimonies of God's power in my life. What was good for Brother Jones got to be good for me. If God will do it for him, it'll do it. He'll do it for me. If he did it in his family, he'll do it in my family. If he, if he, if he helped him with his finances, he'll help me in my finances. I, I want to have the same test. We see, we, there, there has to be faith and hunger for God. I love to hear other people's testimonies. Nothing wrong with that. But, but hearing other people's testimonies ought to give us a desire for having those testimonies in our own lives. Amen. Hallelujah. That's, that's, what, that's what brings people to Jesus. 
What, pe- what brings people to Jesus is satisfied customers. That's what brings people to Tide. Laundry detergent. Satisfied customers. Isn't that right? That's what brings people to Jesus is satisfied customers. What did Jesus tell the man out of whom he cast out? He says, go out and tell your friends what great things the Lord has done for you. He did that. And if you go back and read and and piece together, if you do some research, piece together, when Jesus came back into that area where, where he had been shunned before, the people said, we don't want anything to do with you. You're too spooky. You're too much for us. By the, by the time this man spread his, his miracle around and talked about what God did when Jesus came back into that area again, the multitudes came out from everywhere around off the testimony of somebody that spread of what Jesus can do. That's what goes on in in Africa. That's what goes on in India. The word gets out. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Let's stand. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Faith. Let's, let's, Let's gather together when we come together as a church. Let's gather together with faith in the power of God. Amen. Now, now you understand that God does some things for signs. Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, a man uh, approved of God by signs, wonders, and miracles. There are some things that God does as signs when it doesn't seem like anybody's believing God. But whenever you've heard the word, he requires you to exercise faith. So you understand some things do happen in in the foreign field that are signs. But that doesn't mean he can't do signs here. That doesn't mean that High Springs doesn't need signs. It does. We need to understand how he works. Amen. God, God is in the sign business and he and he will give signs. In America, God loves America, God loves Florida, God loves Alachua County, God loves High Springs, God loves your neighborhood as much as he does anybody else or anywhere else. Amen. But the people of God who know God are required to have faith in his power. Amen. Let's stir ourselves up to start reading in the scripture everything we can find about the power of God. Start studying the power of God. Look up references to times and and things in the scripture that, that talk about the power of God. Let's start schooling ourselves where power is concerned. I'm talking about raw, world shaken, building shaken, devil beating power. demonstrations of the spirit and of power. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today. Oh, Samaya. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost for just a minute. Lembra mefri galadei grestis dradon doramofre vetere disa breve vetvei stembre min kimbri pefre derivia prepafre beredeus to stafri as deridandos grezdos digis nondo steto steto stisto leveto plisto freto skinzo tadando lambra mafreve vetvish to cross des days deres dias to stofre pefria te prafia baranando. Let it a gear great yes, dres dis dori on dros to the tofre fiepre pepere distifrius dera diabra babaranandas. Levre vedvedi cofre a prefete kia shikefri a peredas diabrandas davas. Brafen venvedi cofre a tekechile custios dros to the stofre pefria pefepria babaranandras davas. Hallelujah. There's something here. There's something here we need to see as well. I was talking to Brother Christopher about this uh, about a year ago, maybe maybe two years ago. And Brother Christopher is a Rama grad, uh, but about 
four years ago, he made a decision to join the Assemblies of God. He became a licensed, ordained minister in the Assemblies of God. And uh, he did that primarily because the Assemblies of God has, has such a huge missions program. And their churches, he said, a lot of Rhema churches, not ours, but a lot of uh, Word of Faith churches don't have much of a vision for the world, you know, outside of their own little camp, you know. And he said the Assemblies of God has such a missionary consciousness, missions consciousness. They're just, they spend huge amounts of money on missions. And uh, he knew that in order for his ministry to be funded, he would have to be associated with people who believed in missions. So he, he, he joined the Assemblies of God. Since that time, when he comes back to the States to preach, he preaches more in the Assemblies of God than he does in Word of Faith churches. But he and I had this discussion. And, and I noticed that when he's here, he preaches Assemblies of God churches and he posts on Facebook all these healings and salvations that take several, you know, people got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, several people healed, you know, on a Sunday morning in, you know, someplace, you know, in Pennsylvania or somewhere he's preaching. And uh, he said, you know, he said, I don't see that in Word of Faith churches. He said, I see it in Assembly of God churches, but I don't see it in Word of Faith churches. And he said, he said, part of the reason for that is Word of Faith churches, you don't have people. You don't have as many people that aren't saved and aren't filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't have as many people sick because Word of Faith churches are taught to believe God and, uh, and, and people are aware of healing and they're aware of our, our rights and privileges in Christ Jesus and are taught to act on that for themselves. He said, so you're gonna see more of that those kinds of demonstrations of healing and, and those kinds of things in churches that aren't taught that. He said, because they haven't seen it and so God will do, he will perform signs. And he said, a lot of these churches he's been going to, these Assembly of God churches, they've re they're really hungry. He said, it was like, it's like the early days of the Word of Faith movement, you know, 40 years ago. He said, there's a hunger. They want to know about faith. They, they've rejected it for so many years. And now a lot of these young pastors are being raised up in the Assembly of God churches. They want to know about faith. And they want to know about the, the, the authority of the believer. And they want to know about healing. Even though it's in their doctrine, it's not been practiced for generations. And so, so he said, God is really stirring and pouring his power out in these churches. It's because there's a, there's a hunger there for something they haven't known. So on one hand, word of faith churches, you have people who, who already know the truth and are walking in a level of truth, but at the same time, you also have a satisfied, uh, an, an, an unhealthy sense of satisfaction in where we are. That's part of it. Amen. And he said when he comes in, these other churches, when when the Spirit of God moves, people just, it's so fresh and it's so new. Everybody just goes with it. They just flow with it and yield to it and respond. Where the faith churches, we kind of sit back and wonder if we feel like it. We check our feelings. Do I feel like this today? Do I feel like, do I, do I really want to go up front for the, in, in when, when someone's calling a prayer line? Do I, do I need to go? Should I go? Do I go? Listen, I know, and you do too. I know and you know when you're in faith, for instance, for your healing. You know it when you're in faith. When you're in faith and you know that you know that you know that you got it, you don't need to go down. In, in, in fact, it, 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 there'd be no reason to go down. And you could even say it'll hinder your faith. Because you've already believed you received it. But, but we all know when we're in faith and when we're not. And when you're not, when you're not in faith, if you haven't made that connection and, and, and God begins to move in healing power, you have enough faith in it to get in on it. See, that's where we miss it a lot of times. Sit back and say, well, I don't know, you know. Amen. Have faith in the power of God. Participate 
yield to the power of God with a hunger, with a desire to see, to see the blessing that will come in your life and other people's lives. Hallelujah. God wants to do so much among his own people. Do you think God loves Muslims and Hindus more than he loves born-again Christians? That could not possibly be true. He wants to do, he wants to do everything that we need, but it takes faith in the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, we yield ourselves to the power of God. We yield ourselves. Glory to God to manifestations and demonstrations of the spirit and of power. Hallelujah. Mona Keshi Tavalita Poridanda. Repre di Fredender Eneas Kofri Eberati Kia Provandale Mefrite Veda Taradia Testafras. Chevre Viepre Pepetres Kia Sokofri Epera de Dandras Dopus. Chombre Mafre de Kias Tetelevoto Pofre Peperadias Epafia Pradandalamachis. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You got anything? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Chevre Vivetelekia. Steve, you got anything? Steve Morgan, anything from the Holy Ghost? For power is part of your clothing, and it belongs to to the church as part of their wardrobe. So just as the same way that you go into your closet, there's things that belong to you, but you have to make a decision what you're going to put on and what you're going to wear. And in the same way, power belongs to the church. In fact, the Lord's coming back for a glorious church. And this is part of the clothing that belongs to the bride when the husband comes to capture her. And so therefore, make the decision to array yourself with power. For it belongs to you the same way that your clothes do in the closet. So go and look and look for that outfit. Look for that garment. Look for that, that thing that is supposed to be upon you. And then go ahead and make the choice to wrap yourself in that which belongs to you for then you will be noticed by those that you're supposed to be noticed by and it will not be a natural drawing but it will be a drawing that is put upon you by the spirit of God and has been put upon you so make the choice to wear it hallelujah hallelujah praise hallelujah hallelujah Glory to God. We clothe ourselves. We take our garments. Glory to God of power and demonstration. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.